Hello world, welcome to Industrial Nomads, Voices on the Road. This is episode Molly Hedrick. I'm your host, Thad Spears, and I very much appreciate you taking the time to listen in. The focus of this episode will be the mother of my beautiful wife, who I very much appreciate as my mother-in-law. We'll take a brief stroll through her life from childhood to where she is now. Without any more delay, Molly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, tell us, let's start off, you'll tell me a little bit about where you grew up and I guess kind of life with your siblings or as much as you'd like to share. Okay. I grew up in a small community called Wheelock. It's in Robertson County. It's about a community of about 200 people, give or take, maybe a little bit larger now. Uh, it used to be a big metropolis back in the day. Seriously? Are you? Seriously. Oh, really? So Seriously. We like the, the, the schoolhouse that they, they have the annual yes. uh, barbecue, and that was, did you go to school there? No, I did okay. not go to school there, but my father did, and my aunt and uncle did. Okay. Um, the, the story about Wheelock, and I suppose it's true, is that back before Austin was the capital of Texas, Wheelock was considered and was top of the list to be the capital of Texas, but the railroad came through and it bypassed Wheelock. So Wheelock kind of died out. The railroad as the one that goes through Franklin? Through Franklin now, yes. This is back in the, you know, in the 1800s. What was their industry, what put them, I guess, on the map? How did that? Oh, what put them on the map? I don't know, it was an agricultural community. It was a farming community. Cool, so right. I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah, the kind cool. of stuff. But how that, and that's amazing, like uh, how the railroad put Wheelock out of commission. Mm-hmm. A lot of little towns, Gladewater, Texas, even Deweyville, <clears throat> when they rerouted highways or built interstates, you you lost some a lot of town sites, right. a lot of little communities. Right. Um, all right, and you, you have a number of siblings. I do. I grew up with um, five brothers and sisters, two sisters, three brothers. I was the youngest girl, the the fifth of six children. My father had grown up in Wheelock. His father was a a farmer, I guess. Um, His mother, and this is an interesting story too, I don't know if I've told you this, but my grandmother and her siblings, all, all girls, were all put through college at a time when girls did not go to college and people looked askance at my grand, great-grandfather for throwing his money away, putting his girls through college. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I, I knew, but that's not something I think about, that there was a time that wasn't the norm. Right, But right. But your, all your grandfather's kids. Mm-hmm. My great-grandfather's grand, children. Mm-hmm. All of them went to college. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. My grandmother got her degree in, I think, 1905 from Baylor Women's College, which I think is now Mary Harden Baylor. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best parts about these is, <laughs> is you find out things like that. That mm-hmm. I don't know. If anybody is a, any kind of interested in history, those are, those are all neat little details to, to gather. So my mother and father were um, educators. They met, interesting story too, my father was working in the oil and gas industry. He was a, I mean, no, he was a roughneck. He was just at home from the war 
and he had gotten his undergraduate degree. And so he's working oil field. And he's riding the bus one day to go home see his parents, and he meets a young woman who was my Aunt Mary. And they begin to talk, and, and she said, well, I'm going to get off up here at Bay City. That's where we live, around Port Lavaca, Bay City. Bay that City, area. south of uh, Texas City, Bay City. Mm -hmm. You're talking about Angleton. Well, no, I'm talking Baytown. Maybe I said it wrong. Baytown right here. No, it was Bay City. Bay, Bay City, Port Lavaca. Yeah. That yeah, area. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she said, you know, come on, we've got this place where we go get pie and coffee and I'll introduce you to my sister. Well, so she did. <laughs> and uh, he met my mother, Tilly, and she was teaching at the time. And I don't think it was long, maybe six, eight months till they were married. Wow. And he wanted to move back to Wheelock or to that area. And she said, well, wonderful. I want to live in the country. I've always wanted to live in the country and have six children. And I think when she said six children, my father kind of almost passed out. But he said, <laughs> okay, if that's what you want. <laughs> so they moved back. My mother did not work for a while as she raised her children. When my youngest brother was about three, she went back to A&M, got her master's degree, and then started teaching school in Franklin. Education does run strong in the family. Yes. Your side. Yes. And your husband's side. And my husband's side. And so my wife had a, from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a quick note, if you hear any screaming in the background, uh, those aren't kids in any kind of trouble. They think they're dinosaurs. Just <laughs> just so you know. Um <laughs> But uh, so, I, and, and then that brings up a question to me that education was so big in your family. Even some of your siblings are educators. Most or, of them. Yeah. So that, that you chose a different path. Yes. And did. how did that come about? How did you? You know, it's because I think of my mother being an educator. And I remember her coming home from school teaching children that are about my age at the time, coming home from school and being just exhausted. And the, but she still had children to take care of, a husband to take care of, food to cook, dishes to wash, clothes to wash, all this, and she was exhausted. And I thought, I really don't think I want to do that. Not your cup of tea. Not <laughs> my cup of tea. Plus, I, I started reading that when I was about three or four years old yeah and it always it was something I enjoyed I enjoyed learning I enjoyed excelling in school it was I wanted to use my mind not to say that teachers don't use their mind that's not it but it was um, I wanted to do something different and then and this sounds so trite but it's true I started watching Perry Mason <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> so watching TV had an impact on... It did. It did. Okay. It did. That's embarrassing, Fair. but it's Fair. true. Not, I can't be embarrassing. That got you <laughs> That got you where you... Whatever the catalyst was, I mean... Uh, yeah, nobody can fault the catalyst. Like, you did mm -hmm. it, and uh, you, you became an attorney. Yeah. And I did, yeah. Any, ever any... I wish I'd have done something different. Or you mm -hmm. always, once you got that, you were like, "No, this is what, this is what it, I wanted it to be. Like this is what." It, 
for years and years, yes, it was what I wanted it to be. It was when I went through law school. It was for years thereafter. Uh, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I was not Perry Mason. I'm not a litigator, although I've done some of that. Um, I've done a lot of different things, different kind of law, and enjoyed it for a long period of time, probably until just a few years ago when I just, I'm burned out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and talking to you, mentioned a second ago, like the you practice different types and that's something I like I didn't realize you know for some time it's it's just like doctors there are specialists and mm -hmm. you go see a, a neurosurgeon or whatever mm -hmm. law attorneys are really their specialty areas right you there learn are. a particular area of the law and that's where you can focus your practice right right and that was never something that interested me I did not want to be for example a tax lawyer that's all, if you're gonna be a tax lawyer, that's all you're gonna do because you've got to stay on top of the most recent tax laws. Because Securities lawyers. That's a way. massive amount of knowledge to retain and be able to use, right? True, to understand true. it. And it would be that way with any other. Mm -hmm. You've got to update yourself all the time. But I've done a lot of real estate, oil and gas work, some litigation, a lot of family law. Uh, I've, done, I've dabbled in securities, which is a horrible thing to say because you don't dabble in securities law, but I guess I did a little bit. Um, probate. What else? I don't, I don't think you're so much burned out. I think you got a little distraction going on. Just my opinion. <laughs> Just my opinion. In the past Wait. few years, you've, you've gotten a few uh, grandkids from Matilda down to Luella, and mm -hmm. it seems like there's some interest that's uh, a distraction again. I uh, yeah, yeah. I think those five have distracted me. Yeah, I, I definitely think that. Um in, in going to to be an attorney, like in the commitment that takes, um, not that I know it entirely, uh, you know, but that that's uh, in any one case or situation, you might have to just totally just dive in and that's what you do for a while. Um, yes. How did you manage? Because you had three daughters and they were all active. Yes. So how do you balance profession like that and and there's more coming but mm -hmm. you had that you had three girls you are busy and I, and I have a little bit of insight on it because Colleen you know she's done some we had a, we had talks and stuff but, mm -hmm. but how to what's some advice because I'm I'm I've got three kids <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah yeah it's good, Help me out. It's good. Uh, I don't know you know I remember distinctly um, I was probably in my late 30s. We had a big case. Um, it was a PI case uh, against a nursing home. This woman had been injured, personal injury. Okay. Okay. Woman had been injured in a nursing home, and I spent a lot of time on this case. It was a, it was a big case, and I remember staying at the office. Hannah, the oldest, my oldest child was in seventh grade and I would be at the office and she would have a game a and she was always on the B team. It would be a volleyball game or a basketball game or something, but I wanted to be there at all those games. I'd leave the office at four o'clock to make it to the B games at five o'clock because it was always an hour away. And I would watch and then she would ride home on the bus and I'd go back to the office and work until about nine o'clock and then go home. 
So pulling a split shift in order to be yes. able to. Yeah. Now Hannah, okay, and then while we're on Hannah, Hannah might have been on the B team in volleyball, B team in volleyball and uh, basketball, but Hannah ran cross country. Cross country. Which, it was yes. Her was her deal was don't give her a ball, but if she could <laughs> run, yes, she was she was fantastic. Uh, made she went to state two years in a row. She was all state held, academic. Held the school record for a number of years. Yes. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, the the B team stuff and and I can't wait to get Hannah on here because I you know then we got to talk about the roller skates. So, but uh, <laughs> but okay, and that's the attorney part. Um, mm-hmm. The other part is the same question really. What what uh, drove you? You're the mayor of Franklin. I am. Mayor of Franklin, Texas. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? How long? I don't. I don't. I, I fell into that. I we moved back to Franklin. We had been living in Bernie, working in San Antonio. We moved back to Franklin in 1994, and in '95, the mayor at that point was a man named Charles Ellison, and I had known Charles all my life. He used to have a country and western band, and I'd sing with him. Um, it, but Charles called me and said, "Molly, we've got a." opening on the city council, would you consider serving? And I went, well, sure, I'll do that. That was 1995, and I've been there ever since. And then when Charles ran for county judge, I said, well, I guess it's my turn. So I ran for mayor, so that was that. And when was that? Like a- Six years ago. Six years ago? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so then when we met, which has been now, it's been close to six years, mm-hmm. just taking over the helm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is you had some, I get you were involved, you're on city council mm-hmm. and work closely with him. So then like actually taking over versus having been right there for that duration of time. Mm-hmm. Was there any kind of, I guess, uh, shell shock to finally getting it or was it kind of like you just rolled and everything went? I just, I rolled with it. It was not, it was not a difficult transition. I'll tell you the okay. one thing that was difficult was in uh, April of 2019. When was Boone a year old? Uh, Boone was a year old in 2020. We had 18, 19. So June of 2020. Okay, maybe it was when Duke was a year old. Then that and we were going April to his of... birthday. Yes, it uh, was that's April. That's when the tornado went. The tornado <laughs> came. April 13th. Um, tornado came through. I was on my way to Longview. Boone's birthday, I mean Duke's birthday party in Longview and we heard about this tornado coming through Franklin and I went to the weather channel and I was tracking it and it was coming up Highway 79 towards us. My husband Steve says, why don't we turn around and go back? I went, we can, it's coming this way. So we go on up to Longview, have the birthday party and we head back. For the next two weeks, I was, I spent most of my time in the basement of the courthouse at our command center, if you will, the emergency uh, command center. I didn't sign up for that when I became mayor. I didn't know that I was going to have to do anything of the sort, but uh, it was a really interesting time. Tornado ever come through Franklin before? Is Not that, like that, no. Because no. that, that was that was some devastation. I I personally witnessed that. We drove mm-hmm. around and we saw homes just flipped upside down. Homes mm-hmm. just gone, like destroyed. Yeah, totally. Destroyed. totally. Like it was a. 
that that was as bad as it gets for where that tornado ran through, and that was yes, a, yeah, and it was a major tornado. I think this an E three or something like that. I can't even remember what they how they described it now, but it was it was devastating. But luckily, just a couple of minor injuries. Nobody was killed. Nobody Which, was killed. We we drove by. There was actually a guy on the side of the road. It was a, a manufactured home, but it had been flipped upside down and then some. And he was watching TV on his couch <laughs> when it happened. But he was there was no injuries. Like right. I couldn't believe that a house rolls, you know, from one yard to the next, and, mm-hmm. and somebody comes out and skate. That was uh, incredible. It was. But yeah. but not having signed up for something like that. Now, did you walk away? Do you, if it happened again, would you feel any more like any more prepared? Yeah, I think so. I uh, it was incredible to me the resources that are available, both from the state. There, there's an, uh, a state organization called TEDM, Texas Department of Emergency Management. They were there immediately. There is like volunteer. that day immediately, or yeah, okay, so that's- that day. I mean, they're there. There are, and it's been too long, so I can't really remember the names of all this these different organizations. But there's a volunteer organization. It's not an organization per se, but it's somebody. It's it's people that are trained by TEDM to be involved in these situations and they're people from the communities or from surrounding communities they were there immediately then we had red cross salvation army we had this buddhist organization that came in we had people coming in bringing food serving food um bringing Oh, there were some men that came in that would build, rebuild. It was incredible the help that people came in. With. And when those groups come in, especially like Red Cross and Salvation Army, that's what they do, right? They're prepared. Mm-hmm. They know how to roll in, set up, and stage, and and start helping people. They do right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be not. I I didn't see that happen, but I, that had to be somewhat. Uh, I don't. I'm not even sure what the word is. Uh, uh, other than fascinating that you could sit back and watch something like that that would I would imagine appeared orchestrated mm-hmm. but all of those are independent entities mm-hmm. that can do that and come yes. out uh, and the other thing was not only the organized organized organizations yeah. if you will <laughs> that came in but individuals we had um, a couple of county commissioners it wasn't even their their area but they came in they have the large equipment they could come in and and move out the trees that had fallen on the road we had people that owned heavy equipment that dedicated or donated their services and their equipment to clean it up it was just it was incredible the outpouring of support that we that, had that is awesome and if you've never been to franklin uh texas it, it's a um, you know they got the little town square it's uh very much kind of a an all-American town in my mind. It's, it's a very small town, um, and everyone knows each other. Um, got a lot of uh, strong, like, like the heritage there is is uh, uh, is great. Their football teams are successful every year. I'm not saying they win the state championship every year. This this last year they won it by or lost by one point. One right? point. One yeah. point in the. Uh. Uh, but 
but but it's just a the mentality there is is they have tradition and they value that mm -hmm. and that's not everywhere you go um but I, I need to roll back a little bit to wheelock um again if, if you were to drive through wheelock today mm -hmm. there is no indication that that was ever a thriving community no no and that, and that, that really that's something i'm going to follow up on and do research because i where i grew up in Deweyville, there was a time it had hotels and a bandstand and all this stuff and now there's just there's a couple of gas stations and mm -hmm. uh i think they've recently got like a dollar general and stuff but that that's not even in Deweyville proper you yeah know, there's nothing in Deweyville proper hardly so mm -hmm. uh so i really can appreciate like the something a town like wheelock mm -hmm. uh franklin um now if you were to go there today and visit the schools mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken the tennis court mm -hmm. and the football stadium are they they're named after yeah the football stadium is named after my father joe hedrick how long did he coach there 49 years 40, something like that. That's not a long, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the only place he ever coached. And your brother just retired. Yes, my brother was Mike it, just retired. This was his first year retired, correct? Yes. And he was, I really don't remember if it was number six or number three, but winning as coach in the state of Texas. Uh, well, he's up there. I don't even yeah, know. I was, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty know. impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but the then the tennis court. is named for my aunt, Cornelia Cope. Um, who played tennis at the University of Texas in the, let's see, 20s, early 20s. Cornelia. Mm -hmm. Cornelia. Mm -hmm. And that's who Hannah is. Yes. Named after. Yes. Okay. I like it. And then uh, Matilda, mm -hmm. was that your mom's? That's my mother. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Colleen is named after you, Molly. Molly. Mm -hmm. And also you have a niece named after you. Yes. She was born on my birthday. Really? So, I, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cool. That's uh, Now, I've had the pleasure to meet everybody. Um, and it... I'm, I'm, Mike was coach. Mm -hmm. Joe is steel mill. No, huh? that's Wade. Wade. Okay, I'm sorry. Wade's Joe? an engineer at, at Newcore. Mm -hmm. Joe is coach. Yes. Kate is a coach. Yes. You're an attorney. Yes. Sarah's a teacher. Is she still teaching? She's she... uh, she's subbing or, or kind of part-time in okay. Bryan right now. In Bryan. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a commute, not too bad. Right. Okay. But I had, to, I had to get everybody in there because uh, they're, they're all really cool to be around. It's a good time when you get to hang out with everybody. And then, you know, well, Kate's husband was not in. He, he worked for uh, GHX. Right. Sarah's husband was uh, did ranch management and, and wildlife management. Denise's, well, Mike's wife, Denise, was a teacher. Wade's wife worked at the school. And Joe's wife was a teacher. So, I mean, they're all there. And then on Steve's family, his mother was a teacher. His sister Beverly's a teacher. 
His sister Susie taught for a while. And then the others are have been peripherally involved in schools. Okay, real quick, talk about Steve. Mm -hmm. um, his mother was an educator. Mm -hmm. Was she in Bremont? Mm-hmm. No, I'm no. sorry. She was in Franklin. She taught in Franklin. Now, yes. your your mom and his mom worked together. Yes. Is that yes. how y'all met, or did y'all know each other? Yes. No, we met that way. Actually, the first time we met face-to-face -face was at the Bremont prom when Steve was a junior and I was a freshman, and I went with who is now his brother-in-law, Ricky. Okay. And that's when you met Steve mm -hmm. at a prom. Mm -hmm. Not that y'all were at the prom together, but no, I was with his brother-in-law. So. <laughs> well, cool. All right, your your three girls, all mm -hmm. of them are successful in their own right. Yes, um, you know I've actually did a podcast uh, with Emily, who's the youngest. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife, Mo uh, Molly Colleen, um, middle child syndrome, is. Uh, I mean, she's been an educator. Uh, has moved up in the ranks there. She's got her own blog, Mama on the Move. Uh, dot blog um, she'll be starting her podcast um, and she's an incredible right now she's the one that sucked it up took the hard part of our life and is raising three kids I got the easy part going to work Hannah works for she did a stint with Mill on Wheels and now she works for Rice University no now she's with Houston no family Houston family Houston they it's yeah she's back in in the uh Nonprofit, and they offer um, counseling services. That's not affiliated with Rice. Yep. I missed that part. Mm -hmm. My feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there was a story one time, uh, or not? It's not a story. One time, I hear sometimes about these charms your daughter's got. Can you can you tell me about those? Do you know what I'm talking about? That they gave me? Nope. No? They, they got, I don't know who gave them to them, but Hannah got the big sister charm. And <laughs> Emily got the little sister. <laughs> and Colleen, the middle child, got what? Do you know what her charm said? No. said the special sister. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's lying. That is Colleen to a T. She wants you to feel sorry for her. <laughs> hey, she... I, I have lived with this middle child syndrome for for five years now. And I'm like, man, we've got a middle child. I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm putting the pressure on her. Uh -huh. She better not let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what it's like. But but that's one of the... Are you kidding me? I mean, that middle child right there, all my children are special. Every single one of them. But that one, oh my gosh. What a mama. What a woman. She's... Fantastic. <laughs> hey, you ain't got to tell me. I'm married up, that's for <laughs> sure. So, but but now, is there anything uh, you'd like to to elaborate on, or something I missed, something you want to bring up? Because this is going to be recorded, put on the internet, and live forever. Posterity. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. And just, just you know, the only thing that I keep thinking of that I want to say more about is my mother. My mother, Matilda, we called her Tilly. And she is the person that loved her life more than anybody I've ever known. She loved it. 
And it was, it was heartbreaking for her when my father died. But even then, I mean, she talked about him a lot. She talked about how lucky she had been to be with him and to be loved by him and to be able to love him. But even through that loss, she, uh, she loved her life. She died in 2014. And I grieved a great deal, but I think she was by that point really ready to go home. Uh, and most of her friends had gone before her. I think she was ready to go, but I just appreciated her for loving her life so much. And I'm fortunate to get to hear stories about her. And I remember one of the things when me and Colleen first started dating and she started talking about uh, Tilly. One of the questions I had is just, do you think she would like me? Because, you know, that was one of the things I was really concerned about was being accepted. And she mm -hmm. said, she really did. And then she told me about she would have probably offered me a beer. And I was mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? She said, well, she was already always drinking a beer. But it sounded like she was a very candid individual. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like she didn't have a problem carrying on conversation. Uh, she did not. She, it was, she was something of an enigma. Mama actually was rather shy, but she recognized that in herself and she wanted to overcome that. So she would take it upon herself if she met someone new to go out of her way, to draw them into conversation and try to make them welcome. And I appreciated that about her too. And I've never heard that part before. You know, that, that is an admirable characteristic of somebody that can realize something in them and overcome it. Mm -hmm make it a part of their life to overcome that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, 2014, I, I guess I just missed meeting her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about too long. Mm -hmm. uh, now on your dad, I, when did when did he pass? Because I, I don't... 2006. 2006. Mm -hmm. He was very much an artist. Yes, um, caricaturist. They, yes, mm -hmm. and it's really cool if you ever get to visit the Franklin home. They have a... A book, hardcover book, and it's all of his caricatures. I don't. Mm -hmm. well, I say all. I don't. A lot of. Yeah, them, it's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But he would just, if in a conversation or a meeting or whatever, mm -hmm. he would just sit there and sketch someone. Mm -hmm. As that's uh, and and recognizably, it's not a caricature where it focuses on like a feature. It looked like. People. It looked like the person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Most of them were on napkins that were mostly a little wet from the beer he had on them. But he'd see somebody in a restaurant, you know, and just sketch them out, just an interesting face. How did y'all do the book? Like, did y'all just gather up such, like, mm -hmm. napkins or whatever and said, y'all went to a place? Well, he had, he had put a lot of them together and, I guess, made copies or something. He had some that were framed in his, what we call the doghouse, out behind Mom and Daddy's house. Um, but Kate was really in charge of that. She went through all of them that he had and put is, them together for the book. Is Kate the oldest? She is. Okay. Okay. And I, I, Kate allows me to fish at her place often, and what a heck of a fishing spot it is, too. <laughs> I think Steve's caught a like a 12-pound bass out there at some <laughs> point, man. It's incredible. Um, well, I more than you know that, that I appreciate you taking the time and sitting down. 
Yeah, you uh, bet. We can do it anytime that you're you're up for it. We can do it again. All right. Uh, Just buy me a couple of margaritas like you did tonight, and I'll be fine. That could be arranged <laughs> at any point. <laughs> um, and as always, thanks to each of you for taking the time to listen. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Signing off.